0: Happy
1: holidays to you. Happy holidays Welcome, to Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Peter energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday edition of the show, our last one before the Bucks have a pivotal matchup against the Carolina Panthers, where the Bucks can clinch the NFC South division, albeit with a uh, record that would put them at 500. But nonetheless. They're playing for a playoff spot um, on the line. We're going to talk further about the magnitude of this game between the Bucs and the Panthers and if Tom Brady can go back to the postseason yet again in his illustrious career. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague at PewterReport.com, Adam Slavon. We have a very special guest to start out the show today. It is Jared Feinberg from the Cat Crave blog over at Fansided. Uh, Jared covers the Carolina Panthers and who will also be watching a very, very intense matchup coming up uh, this Sunday. Jared, thank you so much for joining the show. And how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. Um, Things are going well. Obviously, you know what my situation is um, outside. And, you know, Asheville is kind of crazy right now with a little water crisis. If some people haven't heard on the news. So my area is dealing with some stuff, but it is what it is. Can't wait for this weekend, man.
1: Yeah. And we obviously wish everyone dealing with that situation. Uh, we're, we're sending our best over there and appreciate you being able to roll with the punches, change on the fly and, uh, getting ready to go. Adam, I don't want to leave you out as well. How are you doing? I know I just saw you about an hour ago, but, uh,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk with Jared on the show today.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Jared, you want to just tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you're uh, to the NFL draft as well. Just uh, for anyone new to uh, you and your content, uh, just give us a little background information on what you do.
0: So I cover the Carolina Panthers for Cat Crate blog. Um, I also do NFL draft analysis. I'll, throughout the draft season, I'll be doing prospect analysis on my Twitter feed. I'll also be um, – doing a lot more NFL draft content also over at bluechipscouting.com. Uh, and, you know, I'm really excited for this upcoming draft process. And, of course, as a Carolina Panthers fan, very, very intrigued with the quarterback class, regardless of the results from this weekend or the next couple of weeks. So I'm really excited. I'm raved to push out some offseason content. In some weird way, I've been just – all in on draft season since the Panthers were kind of teetering on being a potential number one pick to now being, you know, competing for a division title, which still just, it's crazy to think about, but yeah, if you haven't gotten the chance to check out my content, follow me on Twitter at jrod NFL draft, and you can follow my content at cat blog at fansided and blue chip scouting.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Make sure everyone checks that out it's so funny i've been trying to tell adam because adam is you know new into the game and um at least working in in this field and the off season is so different from the regular season because there's a lot more like speculation and hypotheticals and things like that but that's what's so much fun about the draft season is because you can scout all these players you learn about so many different guys where they fit at an nfl level and Sometimes, you know, if you have a top three pick, you know, you're probably going with the quarterback or whatever is the best position of need, maybe, you know, offensive tackle. But for really all the other teams, the possibilities are endless. You know, oh, hey, this wide receiver would work great here, but they could also use an inside linebacker. So I'm definitely very excited to check out your work, especially when when the draft comes about. Now let's focus our attention a little bit more to – present right now with the Bucks and the Carolina Panthers. I mean, going into the season, it seemed like it was going to be a runaway for the Bucks, Another season with Tom Brady, absolutely dominating and the offense scoring 30 points a game. Uh, that has not been the case at all to the point where nope. when they first met earlier this year, Adam, I believe you and I were on the game. The uh, yep. Panthers beat the Bucks 21 to three. And that was the first game where Christian McCaffrey got traded to the San Francisco 49ers. So Jared, I'll, I'll just ask you what has been the biggest turnaround or the biggest change for Carolina um, since they got rid of, since they fired Matt rule and uh, Wilkes became their, became their coach. Uh, what's been the biggest change for them? Was it just a coaching philosophy in general?
0: I think, yeah, for sure. Coaching philosophy and just a complete culture change, you know, and when rule was head coach, you could kind of tell that it it just there wasn't a physical or like a true good culture within the building, not like a toxic, bad culture. It was more no one was really into it, you know, and it just nothing really there was nothing that could truly set the tone within that organization, within that locker room. And then here comes Steve Wilkes as interim head coach, and he is getting the best out of his players. Whether whoever's at quarterback, whether it's Baker Mayfield or PJ Walker or now Sam Darnold, and you're just seeing all this change and seeing how well this team is playing under Steve Wilkes. They're at 500 currently under Steve Wilkes, and they're just they're bawling out right now. And we saw this past week against the Lions what they can be as a team going for or at least going into a potential playoffs a home playoff game against either the Cowboys the Giants what have you and it's just crazy to think about that this team was considered a potential number 1 draft pick team in October like mid October we were like this team is done they're they're not going to the postseason at all go ahead and start working on your seven round mock drafts, Panther fans. It's, it's time to get full into draft season. And they just kept chugging along at Steve Wilkes. Just will not, would not allow this team to just completely cave in. And there was a lot of speculation of whether or not they were going to tear down the entire organization uh, following the trades of Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. And that just wasn't the case. And there's, there's a feel out there that this team in the NFC South next year could compete for a division title or at least be one of the favorites to win the NFC South in 2023. Should Brady retire or move on to a different team. And you can get the sense that if the Panthers had a legitimate quarterback under center, this could this team would likely run away with the division with. How the Bucks have been playing this season so far. And it's just wild to me at this point. I'm still trying to kind of take it in that like this team is competing for a playoff spot in January with two weeks left after firing their head coach, after trading their best player. It is phenomenal what Steve Wilkes has done. And he's made a he's made a great case to be their head coach moving forward.
1: A heck of a resume, uh, no doubt. I'm going to ask one more question and then, Adam, if you want to uh, pop in as well. But obviously, yeah. when they made the Christian McCaffrey trade, it did seem like, all right, they're ready to tank. They're ready to, uh, you know, get a top five pick, as you were talking about. I'll just ask you, when they made that trade for McCaffrey and everyone understood why they were going about it, was that the expectation for everyone? Just, all right, the season's done. Uh, they're going to tank. So, How surprised were you when they came out and just, you know, steamrolled the Bucs, you know, the Bucs couldn't do anything there. Um, And now they've really not only turned things around, but like their running game is absolutely incredible now. And Adam, you're pointing out the facts. uh, One of the last times you were on, they're running better with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard than they were with Christian McCaffrey. Just how wild has that been to see?
0: It's been incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, you know, you As a Panthers fan, I could see, like, Foreman had the talent or has the talent. Hubbard has talent there as well. It was more about, okay, what type of identity is this team going to have on offense? What is their offensive philosophy going to be? And it's taken several weeks for it to really come to fruition. But then you saw against Seattle and against Denver, they were going to run the ball down your throat with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, and now even untracted free agent Raheem Blackshear, who was on the Bills' um, preseason roster. And then you you have at least somewhat capable play at the quarterback position. If you have a clean game from your quarterback and a quarterback that can just work within the structure of the offense, you're in a good spot. And this team is in a good spot regardless of what has happened. I mean, they had that one game against Cincinnati uh, where they just got absolutely steamrolled by Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow. But, I mean, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals are one of the best teams. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're playing for the number one seed this coming Monday night against Buffalo, which is going to be a fantastic game. But, you know... Foreman always had the talent. It was just more about establishing identity with this team, and they had the offensive line to do it. They have a physical offensive line that they just completely renovated this past offseason. Scott Fitter in the offseason promised he would upgrade the offensive line, and that's exactly what he did. And they also have a great offensive line coach in James Campin, and this group has been one of the most improved groups in the entire NFL. And – Considering this was a bottom five group on the offensive line this past year, then they make additions like Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, drafting Ike Miguano in the first round. This is one of the better offensive lines um, in the NFL, and it's and is a big part of their success. So I, I, I don't know if this is really sustainable long term. And you have to wonder, is this going to be sustainable against Tampa Bay? And I think we're going to talk about that here in just a moment, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, we will be. Adam, do you want to chime in with anything?
2: Yeah, you talk about like the team trying to find an identity under Steve Wilkes as a 500, and 500 team under him now. And also like a revolving door of quarterbacks. So you mentioned uh, P.J. Walker. Uh, Baker Mayfield, who's now thriving on the Rams and now Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold's four games um, starting. He hasn't thrown an interception, which is like on Sam Darnold. Like he's a guy that has a lot of turnovers, but they've operated the offense in a way where he doesn't have to use his arm. He's, he hasn't thrown more than 25 passes in a single game. Can you speak on like that identity and kind of building like what they've been building?
0: Yeah. So they're, they're not the most creative offense and they're not the most advanced offense in the league. And they're, they're an offense being run by offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, who I don't expect to be back this coming season. I expect Steve Wilkes to have a staff of his own, but you look at this Panthers offense and you go, okay, as long as we get capable play from Sam Darnold, which they're getting, they, they have a shot, but I'm, from watching film with Sam Darnold over the last four weeks or of Sam Darnold. And you still see the flaws in his game. Like he, he will be late on throws at times. he will escape a clean pocket at times, but he's working within the offense and he's being clean with the football. He's made some good throws too. And so the biggest thing is in a game like this weekend, where you're facing a team that your opponent can win and get into the playoff. Simple as that. For Carolina, you have to win your next two. If it comes down to it, how is Sam Darnold going to do in a two-minute offense trying to take the lead, tie the game up, or at least drive the ball downfield to allow Eddie Pinero to kick a game-winning field goal? Can he do that? I still don't know. I haven't seen him do it in his entire NFL career. We see him do it in college, but can he do it at the pros? I don't know. We he, that question has not been answered since he's been in the league, and I'm worried what that what will happen with Darnold if the team goes one dimensional. Say the Buccaneers are able to stop the run completely this coming this coming Sunday. What, what does that mean for Sam Darnold? Are they going to have Sam Darnold throw the ball 30-40 times. I don't know if that's gonna be possible. And we saw what happened when he had to throw the ball, and, and that was against Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. They they had an embarrassing loss at home, attempting to try and take the lead in the division. So well, that, yeah.
1: Sorry, yeah, I was go just ahead. gonna say that's um that that's a great point there. And it, it actually yeah. kind of helped with what I wanted to ask you next. And I grew up in New York. I watched a lot of the New York Jets. I grew up a Jets fan, so I'm very well <laughs> versed in Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback. And I always felt with Darnold, and I don't know how much like, tape you watch with the Jets, but like when he was there, it wasn't like the Jets team right now with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore when he wants to play. Like S- Sam Darnold didn't have any talent around him on offense or defense. So I almost felt like he never truly got – a fair shake there because you know he wasn't the type of quarterback that can really elevate the other players around him it was more like he needed that help so I mentioned that because obviously Carolina you know they still have DJ Moore there I know Christian McCaffrey is gone but to me just looking at the Panthers play it it really does feel like you know, they're all about running the football, taking care of the ball, and really just relying on their defense to go and win the game. Like the Panthers aren't going to get in too many track meets against other teams. You know, mm-hmm. I I think a good way to describe it is the way that the Bucs went up against the Bengals two weeks ago. The Bucs looked great in that first half before they kept turning the ball over five times. I don't see the Panthers coming back in a game like that when they're down by like two touchdowns or, or double digit scores. That's just not in there. That's just not their MO. That's kind of Um, what you were talking about with Darnold, you know, setting up a game winning drive. So for the box, does it really just come down to, you got to shut down that rum run and make Sam Darnold continue to throw it? Because I think Sam can win, like can be a winning quarterback, but it's gotta be a lot of the elements around him to Mm -hmm. help get that job done.
0: I Yes. And I, I think you, if for Tampa Bay to beat Carolina off or defensively, you have to make Donald throw, which means you have to have cover two safeties covering um, deep halves, and your corner's just sitting on an island, and you just gotta be like, bring it on, try to throw our way because that the Buccaneers defense is a good unit. Yes. And I get so there are Panther fans that are like, oh, we can run over all over the Bucks, we can throw all over the Bucks, we did that. Several weeks ago in November, we're fine, we'll get it. No, this is while this Bucks team is much is still somewhat the same as it was earlier in the season, they are getting some guys back. I believe Vitave is gonna be back, if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully to be back. Um, and that that will be huge as well. And so my biggest worry with Darnold is that are you going to be able to keep the ball clean? If he's starting to turn the ball over again and look like the same Sam Darnold he was last year, like it I don't see a a way where Carolina's going to be able to win that football game because their defense has been in so many situations over the last several years under Matt Rule and even this year where they can't keep relying on their defense because there's zero margin for error or very little margin for error for that defense. And it's like the Bucks' defense. Like, they can only do so much. They can only make so many stops. Um, in some ways, Carol, it seems like Tampa, Tampa Bay is kind of similar to Carolina's offense, but it's flipped. They're a much better passing team than they are a running team. And I get there are a lot of injuries along the offensive front. And they, they're they just not getting anything going with Rashad White and Larry Fournette. And I know Fournette's dealing with a list Frankie's He's playing through it, which is crazy to me. But, you know, for, for Darnold, for this offense, for Tampa Bay to beat them defensively, they have got to get home on Darnold. and They have to shut down the run. They have to fill gap. They have to two gap. They have to one gap. They have to do those things well, fit the run well. Get to the sideline well, because whenever Caroline can get to the sideline and get the edge, get down the sideline, it, it could be game over because Hubbard and Foreman have that first that second level acceleration to get downfield in a hurry. We saw that against Detroit, and you know, as Vincent says right here, you know, Carolina is an aggressive team right now, and that is and that has a lot to do with JC Horn, who is now out. Yeah. jack thompson brian burns xavier woods i mean they have dudes on all three levels and i know you probably want to talk about josh normat and i know one of you may want to ask me about that but you know if again the bucks have to stop the run game they have to be more disciplined against the run this weekend against this rushing attack in carolina and they have to shut down Sam Darnold as well. If you're able to capitalize on him and against the bullets, you're good to go. Adam.
2: Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Josh Norman. We've talked a lot about uh, like the bucks offense, but going up against a Carolina defense, they've quietly been a really solid unit this year, much mm-hmm. like the bucks. They have three really good linebackers and Brian Burns being off the edge. You have uh Luvu, who has done really well in the past few games, Mm -hmm. and then uh, Shaq Thompson as well. Now, with J.C. Horn out in the secondary, that leaves C.J. Henderson as presumably the top cornerback, but they've also brought in Josh Norman, uh, 35 years old, maybe not the 2015 shutdown Josh Norman, but can you speak on that and what energy he might bring to the team? I think you're going
0: to see leadership from Josh Norman from the get-go. I mean – Steve Wilkes has already said that Norman will be on a pitch count. He's not going to be like playing the entire game. He's not exactly in game shape as, like, as we were talking um, during the pre show, you know, Norman, like, what he was in a coffee shop, like, he was the owner of a coffee shop and handing out coffees to everyone before getting a call from Steve Wilkes and Scott Fitter. And so now Norman's on the team. He's going to provide the leadership. He's going to provide – he's going to be able to establish a culture in that locker room as well. He knows Steve Wilkes. He knows what the Panthers are. He played under Ron Rivera. He played in the time when Carolina was a good football team almost every other season. So he knows what it takes to win and what it takes to get into the playoffs, what it takes to get to the big game in February. Will he be the same Josh Norman? Absolutely not. I expect him to be at least a death piece going forward, but having a established veteran and a leader in that locker room, especially in a cornerback room that needs it with Dante Jackson going down several weeks ago due to an Achilles injury, you know, that that's that's very good for them. Especially when you have especially when you have young corners like CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor. And we all saw what Keith what happened with Keith Taylor against Deontay John, Johnson a couple weeks ago. He got embarrassed, he got toast against Deontay Johnson, and he needs to be on his A game against the likes of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who size-wise he matches up well. He's 6'3, 200 plus. He matches up well size-wise. So You're going to have a little bit of a solid matchup there, but it's all about technique, and I'm a little worried about how he's being used in this defense and also with C.J. Henderson. You have got to allow both of those corners to play man-to-man because they can play physical. They can play at the hip pocket, especially when you're playing cover three, which which Caroline runs plenty of cover three as well. You're going to have to – for Caroline to beat Tampa Bay defensively, they're going to have to man up. I, I think they have to man up. There's they've been playing a lot of off man coverage, um, a lot of off match, off man match coverages. It's just some ways of what Al Holcomb has been doing, it's been questionable, but he's he's not been bad at all. I think he will be back next year um as an assistant coach or even defensive coordinator, but we will see. But I think Josh Norman will add a big leadership presence to that locker room
1: very interesting i do want to keep talking about the uh the panthers defense and some of those matchups especially what you said about the one on one matchups mm-hmm. uh, whenever josh norman decides to uh, get back to the coffee shop maybe he can start slinging some celsius as well of course celsius is the presenting sponsor of the peter report podcast they have a variety of flavors as you see on the screen there with the arctic tropical and peach vibe you can also get uh you know cucumber lime you can go watermelon berry, fuji apple pear, cola flavor. Uh what else am I missing? Uh kiwi, a ton of awesome great different flavors and that's why we love Celsius. We also love it because it is the healthy version of an energy drink. Uh, zero sugar or preservatives. There's seven essential vitamins, so it just gives you that energy to get you through your day. None of that, you know, post energy drink crash that you might get with some other products. It's actually great if you want to substitute your morning coffee. Have some Celsius, you know, obviously different flavors, a little bit better for uh, the insides with the esophagus and everything like that. So if you haven't had a Celsius before and you want to try one out and you don't know where to get one, just go to the store locator on the Celsius website, punch in your address, and it will let you know where you can get one at your local Walmart, your Target, your bodega, convenience store, uh, wherever you want to find it out. And then once you have a Celsius and you know you love it, and I'm pretty sure you will, um, start buying them in bulk. You can go over to Amazon, click on the uh, subscribe and save, and have it sent to your house um, every one, two, or three weeks whenever you want it. And it's even better because you don't have to get up and go get it, it'll go right to you at your house or apartment. And I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Why have one flavor of Celsius energy drinks when you can have a dozen, multiple different flavors, as you see on the screen there? So do us a favor. If you're a fan of pewterreport.com and the Pewter Report podcast, try out a Celsius energy drink. Let us know that you like it. We love when everyone uh, sends us tweets and various photos of them uh, having a Celsius energy drink. So that's hashtag Celsius fit, hashtag Celsius energy. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Now, I thought it was really interesting that, uh, you know, you, you were just talking about, the Panthers playing man-to-man because in the past, the Bucks have absolutely loved when they get one-on-one opportunities because they were so few and far between. Now, granted, last season you had Antonio Brown in there, so it was a little bit different uh, than Julio Jones. No disrespect to Julio Jones, but, you know, he's missed games this year, didn't have the same burst that Antonio Brown once did. Um, and with that said, you know, Mike Evans doesn't get a ton of one-on-one opportunities the chemistry has just been absolutely off with Tom Brady this year. I mean, you go from 13 touchdowns in 2020, 14 touchdowns in 2021. Those are both franchise records. He only has three this year. And you go back to the first game against the Panthers, they targeted Mike Evans a lot. He had 15 targets, made nine receptions for 96 yards. But all everyone remembers, of course, is the infamous drop um, early in the game. So I'm just curious. Like, I don't know how much you've really watched evans or or the bucks lately but the bucks thrive when they get those one-on-one opportunities especially with chris godwin becoming more and more healthy as the season goes on coming back from that acl injury that he suffered a little over a year ago uh Mm -hmm. last year but you know he's coming into form now is that you're playing a dangerous game there with the panthers defense by going one-on-one or you just have that much trust in you know their pass rush being able to get there and all the components working together to get the job done because three points against the bucks last time, that's pretty good. You know, they would sign up for that again.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I have a, a ton of trust in playing man to man coverage. It's more like what Henderson and Keith Taylor can do well as players. Um, That was more of what I was trying to get at with those two. But if, Caroline wants to really beat them. They have to get pressure on Brady, even though like Brady's going to get the ball out quickly. And, you know, you got to take advantage of the struggles they've had, especially against run. You got to make this team one dimensional, continue to make them one dimensional. And you look at Brian Burns. He has 12 and a half sacks. He's having a career year may end up being an all pro either first or second team. He's been having a terrific year. Um, you have, Frankie Louvu, you have Derek Brown in yeah. the middle, who's going to absolutely terrorize that interior. Um, and he had a great battle with Frank uh, Frank Ragno from Detroit last week. And you have the pass rush there. You have the second level defenders with Louvu and Thompson. Then you look at Jeremy Chin and Frankie Louvu, or not Frankie Louvu, Xavier Woods. Jeremy Chin is a unicorn, and what I mean by that is that he will line up anywhere, and he can line up anywhere and do. It do it well played some nickel played some box like there's sometimes where he's out of position where he you're leaving him on an island as the single high safety and sometimes i'm like eh, he doesn't have the greatest coverage skills in the world especially when it comes to zone coverage but when he's lined up on tight ends running backs he he's going to thrive he's a great man cover corner against or a great man cover DB against those type of players and he has shown some flashes over the last couple of weeks of him being able to stick with wide receivers uh in man-to-man coverage so in some instances you'll see Julio Jones and Jeremy Chen matched up one-on-one I don't expect Chen to really be matched up one-on-one with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin I don't think that's very ideal um but you know For the Panthers, they had to continue to play like they have the last several weeks. They have to capitalize on turnovers. They just have to continue to get stops, continue to get to the quarterback as much as they can. Brian Burns is going to be a force off the edge. You're going to have Derek Brown in the middle. You're going to have guys rotating in on the other side as well. And this is a very decent group on defense, and Carolina has to get home to Brady. I I can't stress the importance enough of how, how good Tom Brady is. And I, I tweeted about it earlier. I think it was last night. I was like, you know, there are so many people out there that have yet to really appreciate the greatness of Tom Brady, even with the struggles he has had this season. And, he, and he's been playing great. Like he's been having a great season overall. It, It's just not one of his more memorable seasons. It's not one of his better seasons, but he's having a great year compared to other quarterbacks in the league. He's still playing at a high level. He's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league. So for me, it's like, you got to get home. You got to let Derek Brown and Brian Burns run wild. You can't allow them to, you can't, I don't want to see Brian Burns dropping into coverage, (laughs) <laughs> like he was against the Giants earlier this year. I don't know if you guys saw seen that, but when Phil Snow was the defensive coordinator here, you had you were seeing Burns playing Mike linebacker at some points. Like it was just like, what are you doing? Oh, so,
1: Jared, yeah, we we've seen. I mean, Todd Bowles, you know, uh, is a mastermind when it comes to defenses. So uh, yeah. we've seen Vita Vea line up in coverage. Yeah. Uh, we've seen. <laughs> Joe good did that, uh, does, still does that a lot. We've seen Levante David line up as an edge rusher. So I totally get uh, I totally get what you're saying there. Like, I want to see the best players play at their normal position because they're really yeah. damn good at it. And I want to ask you about Brian Burns because he is just a one-man He's been on a
2: tear. Player. Yeah. Yeah, five and a half team, sacks the past five games.
1: Yeah, leading the team in sacks. Um, so clearly, like, he's the main guy that gets the job done. But there's mm-hmm. more to it with the Panthers defense with, with getting after the quarterback. Like Burns is the number one guy you got to pay attention to, but it's yep. more than just him. That's getting it done for them.
0: Right. Brian Burns, you know, he was a big conversation in trade talks um, or even like at the trade deadline. As we have, as we have all seen, like the Rams offered him, of course, that second round draft pick. And then the two firsts. people were like, Why didn't Carolina take that trade? They could have had the draft picks to really rebuild and build on the future. It is so hard to find a Brian Burns in the draft. It is so hard. It's not like you're going to end up with Will Anderson at pick 21 or whenever the Rams are going to pick over the next couple years. Those are future draft picks, and from what I understand – Scott Fitter was more looking at draft picks for this coming season. If it was a first round or two draft picks for this year, there's no doubt in my mind he probably would have pulled the trigger on that. But considering his future years and he only got a second for this coming season, it just didn't make sense. And also, it doesn't make sense for where the Rams are right now. And to be honest, I think it was a good idea for Scott Fitter to say no on that trade because we are seeing what Brian Burns is, and he is a franchise player. He's a franchise pass rusher. He's one of the better pass rushers in the entire league. He has grown so much as a run defender, which was one of his weaknesses coming out of Florida State. And he's, I believe, third in the NFL in tackles for loss, which is absurd Mm -hmm considering where he was as a run defender the last 3 years now entering i believe entering year 4 he's now one of the best run defenders on this team he's setting the edge well he's using speed he's using speed to power i mean he's bull rushing defend or offensive lineman he has grown so much as a player and really expanded his pass pass rush repertoire that he is starting to become into his own elite player and that's been such a big plus for this Panthers team and also for the team going forward as you have someone that will represent your team as more of an ambassador he's been a great ambassador since he's been here and he's been a leader on that defense and of course there's no reason why there's an obvious reason why he has that captain tag on his jersey and What Brian Burns does on a week-to-week basis is so satisfying to see as a Panthers fan because we haven't seen that since Julius Peppers. And seeing a pass rusher, maybe not as gifted as Julius Peppers, but seeing such a great pass rusher like Brian Burns is very satisfying, knowing that we have a cornerstone on that side of the ball that can wreck defenses, that can wreck games for opposing offenses. Is very nice to see. And he's going to be a handful for this Bucks offense. And is Tristan Wirs back? Is he back now? Yeah. So he came back he last back.
1: game and then he okay. re-aggravated his ankle, but he has oh. been practicing. Um he okay. said he's Ooh. going to play. He said it himself. Yeah.
2: He's going he might not run. be a hundred percent, but eighty yeah. okay. percent Tristan As someone is- that
0: as someone yeah. that appreciates talent, and I know Panther fans are like, oh man, I wish Tristan Wirth wasn't playing this weekend. But for me, I'm like, I want Brian Burns versus Tristan Wirth yeah. so oh, bad. That'd be, that would yeah. be like, like
1: one of the true great matchups.
0: It's It would be teach tape if you had a great matchup or a great game between those two players. Like, oh man, I, I would love to and see that
1: I this still, I still find it crazy, Jared, that Tristan Wurfs was the fourth offensive tackle taken off the board in that
2: draft. It, it drives me nuts. That, That's absurd. That was
1: that,
0: how that was the case. It drives me nuts. Like Jared Wills was my number one offensive tackle in that draft. I mean, great, great offensive lineman coming out of Alabama, probably one of the more technical refined tackles. Mm-hmm. Worse was my number two, uh, very close to worse. I mean, he has exceeded my expectations. Um, even his rookie year, like I'm like, I wasn't expecting this his rookie year. I was expecting him to at least play really good, but at an elite level, as one of the top offensive tackles in the league level, did not expect they that. Threw so, him
1: right into the fire, starting yeah. at right yep. tackle. Remember, no preseason because it was during the COVID year. Yeah. And, oh, they just happened to play the New Orleans Saints in his first career game that you know still has a really tough defense uh, today. Also, shout out Florida State. They play in about an hour. We are talking about Brian Burns. They play, oh, I'm
0: looking forward to that. Yeah, game. they play in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: were tweeting about that. They yeah, play in yeah. the Cheez-It Bowl against uh, Oklahoma. I'm uh, very excited for that one. Uh, Adam, you have any other questions?
2: Yeah. Um, so you mentioned like you cover the draft a lot. And we kind of talked about earlier the 2023 outlook. For the Bucks. it might not be with Tom Brady at the helm. For the Panthers, it might be drafting uh, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or bringing in a bridge quarterback. How do you see the outlook of the NFC South next year with so many different variables at play? It,
0: the NFC South is going to be very interesting going forward. And especially when Tom Brady retires or if he retires this off season, or he yeah. goes to another team, maybe the Raiders who knows, but the NFC South is going to get interesting going forward because you have the bucks who have a lot of veteran talent, but they don't have a true leader at quarterback. I don't know if Kyle, Tracks trash to me just doesn't seem they don't like even the dress yet. him
1: on game day you know
0: so if tampa bay doesn't really address the quarterback situation they just put a bridge guy there for the future if they decide to go for someone in 2024 Carol- this is a grand opportunity for Carolina to take advantage of that and and just run away with the division next year. I don't know what the Saints are going to look like next year. I don't know. The Falcons seem like they're on the rise. Like They have been very competitive in games this year. And I think yeah. once they have a good offseason under their belt, a good draft under their belt, they're going to be competitive next year in the NFC South. They could be contenders to win the NFC South next year. Uh, assuming they can get the quarterback position right. Maybe Desmond Ritter is the future there. But for Carolina, you look at this team, you see all the cornerstones on both sides of the ball. They have the offensive line. They have the the cornerstones on defense. You have Brian Burns, Jeremy Chant, J.C. Horn, Frankie Louvu, Derek Brown. Like They have the dudes on all three levels. And then you have D.J. Moore, one of the better receivers in the league when he's able to get the targets and actually get the ball in his hands. Like, please, Ben McAdoo, give him the ball. But, you know, you look at this Panthers team, and you're like, you, you feel like this team is a quarterback away in some instances. Some fans may be like, may, this team maybe has still plenty of holes. There are some holes at cornerback number two. If Dante Jackson isn't able to regain his former self off the Achilles injury, I hope that is the I hope he can regain that same level of play. So I have Xavier Woods on the back end. You need to figure out what you're going to do with Shaq Thompson because he will be a, a decent number against the capping. The Panthers don't have a lot of cap space. So you have to consider cap casualties, and Shaq Thompson could be one of them. There's a the chance of that. So when it comes to the draft for Carolina, wherever they're picking, I could see them trading up for a quarterback. If they're picking within the 20s, assuming they win this game, win the next two and get into the playoffs, I could see I could see them as a prime trade-up candidate for maybe a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. And if you if you follow me on Twitter and if you've seen some of the mock drafts I've tweeted out over the last several weeks or basically every week, you'll see I'll either have Will Levis or Anthony Richardson being. The top pick for Carolina because, you know, those are two raw quarterbacks, but they have talent. And I, I've been very open about how much I like Anthony Richardson, very talented quarterback. So with Anthony Richardson, you're getting a raw player, but you're getting someone that has progressed and still getting experience, has the work ethic, has the ability to be a really, really, really good quarterback in this league. And. You know, for Carolina, if they're able to take the chance on Anthony Richardson, they better run with it. I could see Sam Darnold back next year, maybe as a bridge. I don't think they roll with Matt Corral as a starter next year. I really don't. And I'm sure there are probably Panther fans watching this and they're like, why would you say that? He was our third round draft pick. I'm like, exactly. He was a third round draft pick. Didn't get a lot of playing time. Now, for other factors that I don't want to fully go into, but He's in an impossible situation. So, Carolina, I really do believe they have to draft a quarterback this year. It's now or never. And if it's not this year, then Scott Fitter will probably be gone regardless because I just don't see him coming back. If you decide to just skip out on a quarterback again, it'll be malpractice to continue to avoid the quarterback position. It has to be addressed this year.
1: Yeah. And it's about getting the right guy. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, you might lose your job as a GM if you have to keep drafting quarterbacks, but it doesn't matter if right. you draft two or three, just get the one that's going to be your franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years, uh, whatever it is. Exactly. Uh, Jared, you've been very gracious with your time. So I really appreciate it. Um, I'll Thank end you. on this. Um, just give us a prediction for Sunday's game. How do you see it playing out and uh, who's going to win? That will not as guarantee them the division unless the Bucks win, but uh, how do you see this game playing out?
0: I think it will actually be a close game. I'm, I'm expecting this to be a, not really a back and forth, but it's more if you're looking at the over under, you take the under because I think this is going to be a physical game in the trenches. You're going to have a lot of good, tough football in the at, at the line of scrimmage. I think it's going to be a blast to watch that tape after this game. But, you know, I'm expecting close game. But I think Tom Brady pulls it out at the end in maybe a comeback sort of fashion. I just with the Bucks' experience, even though they've had the struggles with the Bucks' experience, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay to clinch the division this weekend. I hate saying that as a Panthers fan, but as much as I want them to win this game and continue to win and get in the playoffs, I, I uh, to me experience matters. The Carolina Panthers don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. and Tom Brady, of course, he's the greatest of all time. He knows how to come back from behind. If he gets in that situation again, I think he'll be able to get it done against this team, so I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers.
1: Brady in mm-hmm. a clutch moment. It's uh, it's tough to go against him, even with the way uh, the Bucks have, have struggled. Jared, thank you so much again for joining yeah. the show. A ton of great insight about uh, the Carolina Panthers, who the Bucs will be hosting again. Uh, Jared, if you just want to plug your uh, social media and, once again, where they can find your work.
0: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Draft. You can also catch up on my content at blog over at fansided and bluechipscouting.com for all NFL and NFL draft and NFL content.
1: All right, awesome. Jared, once again, thank you very much. And, Jared, uh, thank you. Yeah, have a Absolutely. good time watching the, uh, the game on Sunday. It's definitely going to be entertaining. So, thank Looking you.
0: forward to it. Hopefully I can... Get some water in the house, my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof. All
1: right, let's hear a uh, message from our friends over at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two cent machine, six bets in, I hit a jackpot. Hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. Hi, my name is Tara. I won over five hundred thousand dollars playing slot. I do this full time, and I would not change it for the world.
2: I'm Gloria. I won over two million dollars at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry.
0: <laughs> my name is Mike. And I won over three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I love playing back rock because it is different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't
1: miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Putting my last four dollars on the
0: table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy.
1: I didn't realize how much it would change my life.
2: You only live once. Have fun with it. Right.
1: Anybody can win. It's Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. You never know when you can win over at the Seminole. Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. One last time, thank you to Jared Feinberg for uh, joining the show today. A lot of a lot of good insight. A lot of good draft coverage yeah. too. So make sure uh, you watch all of that when uh, when the draft gets here. Um, Adam, yeah. before we go further into Bucks Panthers, let's get to the injury report that just uh, came out while uh, a little bit before the show started. Um, Tom Brady did not practice. He just had a rest day. Carlton yeah. Davis was out again for the second time with a shoulder injury. Uh, Jamel Dean was limited. Mike Edwards was limited. Julio Jones was limited. Carl Nassib limited. Anthony Nelson returned to practice. He was out yesterday with an illness. He did practice today. Rakeem Nunez-Roches was out for the second day in a row. He's dealing with a personal, uh, personal reason. Uh, I shouldn't say dealing. He has a personal reason. That's why he's not practicing um Kate otten was fully participating today he was limited yesterday with the quadriceps yeah i saw that fully participated today uh donovan smith limited vita vea limited antoine Winfield jr limited and tristan Worf's limited for the panthers uh marquise haynes senior with an ankle injury uh limited in practice jc horn did not participate but as we know he's not going to play uh, Shai Smith, the wide receiver, was limited yesterday with a foot injury. He got upgraded to fully participating. Tight end Steven Sullivan went from fully participating with an ankle injury yesterday to being limited in practice today. Shaq Thompson, who we talked about earlier, has an ankle injury. He stayed at limited. Uh, sorry, hamstring injury. And then uh, Tommy Tremble with a hip injury. He was limited as well. So a much larger, longer sheet for the Bucks than the Carolina Panthers.
2: Ooh, looks like, uh, like Matt cut out there. Um, so just for a second to talk about like the Bucks injuries today. So you have Carlton Davis being out with a shoulder injury. That's going to be huge if he doesn't go. Um, but an encouraging sign is seeing Jamel Dean back at practice this week. Oh, there we hey. go.
1: Sorry about that. I, uh, I,
2: I filled in. I filled in the downtime, like without chat. I
1: appreciate it. What uh, what were you saying?
2: Uh, about uh, Carlton Davis not being able to go uh, That's with exactly the shoulder. What I was
1: going to talk about,
2: but having Jamal Dean back and having him at practice, I was kind of mentioning this on Twitter. It'll be interesting to see if Jamel Dean goes. Will they rest Carlton Davis because he's battling a shoulder injury? He's missed a couple games earlier in the season. How will they like play that situation? Yeah, it's an
1: interesting one because you got to remember Carlton Davis didn't play the first time that the Bucks met the Panthers. And I understand Panthers are all about running, being physical, like all that type of stuff. So maybe the, you know, the the passing game isn't really their MO, but Carlton Davis is a physical physical corner that yeah. can help out in the run. I'm not saying he's going to be a run stopper, you would never want that out of your cornerback, but he can help with some of the plays where Carolina was able to get to the sideline and take it up the field. And you heard Jared talk about that too, where if Foreman can get to the sideline, he's going to take it for a big, uh, you know, chunk play, you know? Um, So I really think, again, it's big this time because at least Sean Murphy bunting is still there and he's playing well because Zion McCollum had to play a lot. And that's what the Panthers really took advantage of. They kept running at him and throwing at him. If if Carlton doesn't go, <clears throat> you have Jamel Dean coming back after what two weeks out? And you also have you know Sean Murphy Bunting, who's playing well, but let's not mistake him for, you know, a prime Deion Sanders or uh, you know, Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis, or anyone of that nature, you know. So I just think you can't you can't risk not playing all your best players because oh no. we want to save him for the playoffs well if you you lose, don't even know if you're gonna get that if far. you lose on Sunday then you're hoping that the Panthers lose the final week of the season so if anything I would almost flip it and say hey Carlton you play this game you can rest it all of next week when it's uh you know when it's a meaningless, meaningless week 18 game that's how I would you know, pitch it. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, sh- I wouldn't be shocked if Carlton Davis is-, is out there at practice tomorrow, maybe just taking it, uh, you know, a little bit easy until the game itself, but it's definitely something to monitor because I think him and well, we know Tristan Worth is going to play, but him and Donovan Smith, honestly are yeah. like really the two biggest pieces when it comes to, you know, it- and, and Vita Veya. Vita Veya as well. I think are the three most important guys that like must play out of all the quote-unquote injured guys that, uh, you know, that will be available.
2: Especially uh, Vita Vea, kind of talking about, we mentioned with Jared, like, so much about the Carolina run game. We need Vita Vea in the middle to kind of plug some holes to make sure that Deontay Foreman or uh, Hubbard don't go on the outside and or even inside in between the tackles and break off some big runs.
1: Yeah, got to give a shout-out to Greg Allman. I saw him tweet this before, so uh, I am not – by any means taking credit for uh for this stat, because this is all Greg Allman right here. He said, uh, how much does it help the Bucs if Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea both play Sunday versus Carolina? Tampa Bay is five and one when both play 10 plus snaps, and they're two and seven when either one doesn't. They yeah. give up eighty-eight point nine rushing yards per game when both are playing. They've allowed 141 point two when one of them doesn't. So that is deep huge ginormous discrepancy in the run game and again shout out to greg allman for uh that awesome stat. greg, greg is like the number one stack he's
2: always a stats um, guy yeah
1: yeah exactly but i mean that's a huge difference that you absolutely you know you have to look at going into this game we've seen the bucks get absolutely gouged at times even if it's four half like that uh that raiders uh, not raiders ravens game obviously was one that that really sticks out. And even the first matchup against the Panthers, things were okay in the first half, but then the Panthers just kept running, kept running the ball, running the ball and the Bucs could never really get back into the game. So, you know, obviously when we're talking about stats, they are very important. Byron Lefwich doesn't necessarily believe in stats. He definitely doesn't believe um, in analytics. That was a very funny video that you can see on our social media, but When it comes to betting on players, uh, of course, the stats are the most important thing, especially if you're going to go do it at Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. That's with Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game, their rival game as well. You just pick an over-under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick-em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and you get your first deposit matched up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So once again, that's the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, get your first deposit doubled up to $100 with Underdog fantasy and you know they have it for football they also have it for uh you know hockey basketball uh, baseball when the season comes back golf they had it for the world cup and it definitely makes a a game like tonight way more fun to to watch you know it's the titans and the cowboys i believe titans are down to their third string quarterback this one by choice they're actually not going with uh, malik willis anymore and it's kind of it's a meaningful game for the cowboys because they're still trying to hold out hope that they can, you know, beat the somehow surpass the Eagles in the NFC in NFC East. For the Titans, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose. It just only matters that last game of the season when they play the Jaguars. So you start picking yeah. some players on underdog fantasy and uh you know you have a much better, much better pick there.
2: It's interesting uh the division that the Jaguars and Titans play in compared to the the Bucs. Like just not really good. Like <laughs> which division is worse <laughs> than team with uh the Jaguars or or with the Bucks both 7 and 8.
1: That's uh that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely a good question, you know. Um it's so odd how like some divisions can be insane like the NFC East and others just so bad like the NFC South and uh the AFC South uh in this situation. Adam, let's just get your thoughts um before we get back into Bucks versus Panthers. Obviously some of the other news that came out this week is uh, Ryan Jensen, the 21-day yeah. window has been open for him to come off of the IR. Um, we've seen him move around a little bit in practice. He's not playing He's not playing this week, so Bucs fans that are just finding this out, uh, it's not any breaking news. Uh, he won't be playing this week. But I'm just curious, with the ups and downs of the Bucs offense this year, if it turns out, like, hey, he's ready to go next week or he's ready to go, uh, you know, first round of the playoffs if the Bucs win this Sunday, do you throw Ryan Jensen out there after not playing the whole season and the offensive line, even though not playing at its best, has some continuity? Or do you just say, all right, we're glad he's healthy. Let's just make sure he's good to go for next season. Uh, how would you balance that uh, that act going into this one?
2: Now, that's a really interesting question. I think a lot of it will depend on if he is ready to play in the season finale. If the Bucs win this week and they win the division, next week will be, I want to say a meaningless game, but they'll probably rest some starters. If they get him out there and they were able to see what he brings to the table, if the offense can still run properly, because it's different than like if it was a tackle or a guard, because Ryan Jensen, he's controlling the line, he's handling the ball. Um, I'm reminded of like David Bakhtiari with the Packers when they yeah. brought him back late in the season to get some snaps. He has to play the whole game. Will he be conditioned enough to play the whole game? Um, it could be a situation where if he, does, if he isn't ready to play in the regular season, I don't see them risking it for him to play in the postseason Cause there's so much on the line. You know what you have in Hainsy. I mean, Hainsey, he isn't Ryan Jensen, but. He's not a bum. He's he's average. Like he's no, not something. at all. Robert
1: Hanes <laughs> has played like pretty well this season. So that's why I almost feel yeah. bad that um, I actually kind of feel bad that um, you know Hanes is going to be the guy that's not going to be able to play uh, in the lineup. Uh, we got a super chat from Steve Boston. Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat, Steve. He says if the Bucks let the Panthers run the ball like they did against the Lions. It's
2: oh, over.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally agree Three
2: hundred twenty I mean, rushing yards. How much was it? Three hundred twenty, I believe. Like something. Yeah, I mean, like any that. team
1: that runs the ball for mm-hmm. three hundred yards, you should win. I don't care what your matchup or who your matchup is, and even uh, the Lions' coach Dan Campbell after was like, "Man, that was an ass kicking. Like you guys beat the crap out of us." So, um, yeah, I mean, that's how the Panthers get the job done. That's that's what you know that they are going to do. And it's one thing when you know it's coming, but can you still can you stop it? I think that's really yeah. the big question that only the Bucks can answer. Um in recent weeks they've shown more commitment to stopping the run. But again, the Panthers, they excel at this. It's not just like a team that like you know, you play the Bengals, you know Joe Burrow is going to throw it. Joe Mixon is extremely talented, so the Bucks deserve credit for being able to stop the run against Joe Mixon, but then you see, you know, James Conner run for 30 Yards and a touchdown on, uh, you know, on that play on Christmas night. So, yeah, the, really the Bucs run defense against the, the the Panthers being able to run it. That might be like.
2: That's the, the biggest matchup. That
1: Yeah, that's the biggest matchup. That could be the one that, you know, really decides it. And, you know, <laughs> typically you only get one shot. Uh, you kind of get two shots when it's playing for the division and you're playing against a team um, that you get to play. Uh, two times a year, but um, in bowling, you actually you get to play three games, and that's a that's a full set right there. If you're gonna be bowling, it's best to go do it at Pinchasers, where they have uh, multiple locations, including one. Uh, very close to the Advent Hill Training Center where the Bucks have their practice. They have great deals every single night from all-you-can-eat pizza to all-you-can-bowl to dollar beers. The food is very underrated from the pizza to the chicken tendies and the nachos. They, of course, also have brunch on the weekend, so that's a uh, pretty good deal right there. If you have a kid and want to book their birthday party there, that's also a great idea because they have the arcade area so the kids can bowl, play some video games as well. If you want to book an office outing out there, Do it at Pinchasers. So go to Pinchasers.net. Check out all the different deals that they have because there will be one for you over at Pinchasers.net. Adam, as we uh, start to wrap things up, is there any one particular matchup, whether it's this player against another player, whether it's one unit against another unit? Is there anything specifically that you are looking at for this uh, penultimate game in... The NFL season.
2: Yeah, um, one matchup I'm really curious to see is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, more, more so, Mike Evans against a Panthers secondary. I know we mentioned it before with Josh Norman. Um, he probably isn't going to be locking down Mike Evans or Chris Godwin like yeah. he used to back in the day. But seeing how Mike Evans and Tom Brady, there's been so much talk. I mean, Byron Leftwich he talked about it today that seven of the nine interceptions that Brady has thrown have been towards Mike Evans. Can they build a connection for the playoffs? They need to like for the Bucks' offense to continue to progress, to have any chance of putting more points up on the board. So that, that'll that be something i I'll be watching as I have in previous weeks. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I'm hoping that the Evans to Brady to Evans connection in overtime is a sign uh, yeah. of things to come. I don't think. I think it was more situational, the fact that a lot of those interceptions were going Mike Evans' way. I don't think it's anything yeah. specifically that Mike Evans or Tom Brady are doing. Uh, Steve, with another Super Chat. Thanks, Steve. Uh, also, uh, Steve Boston, that is, with the 199 Super Chat this time. says, And also, do you see Trask being the guy next year? Mm. <laughs> Sadly, I just I don't. Um, he couldn't even beat Blaine Gabbard to be the number two quarterback this season. Uh, He doesn't dress on game days. Now, with that said, he hasn't really gotten the opportunity too much to, like, work with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Let's remember, Kyle Trask had a ton of talent his last year at Florida, whether it was uh, Tony, uh, Kyle Pitts. You know, like, they had – there's a reason why a lot of those guys on that offense are not playing in the NFL. So I just don't see Trask really being the guy, I think, if Brady doesn't come back, they either go the veteran route and maybe bring in a Derek Carr or Jimmy G or whoever it is, or they look at a quarterback in the first round. And either decide to to draft up, or if they find a guy in the first round at whatever their drafting position is, they can go there. Uh, another thing to definitely factor in, though, again, Adam, and you, and you kind of brought this up with uh, you know Ryan Jensen if if he could play next week again, if the Bucks beat the Panthers, they Really don't have anything to play for in week 18. They can't improve their seeding with the other division winners. And um the, the Cowboys are essentially penciled into that top wild card spot unless they take over the uh the Eagles. So the Bucks already know who they're playing. I wouldn't hate man, Don't get me wrong, we love Blaine Gabbard. Uh now I gotta do the obligatory Blaine Gabbard photo um where watch
2: daddy spin it
1: yeah why wa- yeah watch Daddy <laughs> sling it or whatever it is um we all love blaine gabbert the world's most favorite backup quarterback but if you know what you're getting with blaine gabbert as he would like to uh you know tag in tom brady or tom brady tagging him in you know what you're getting with blaine gabbert and we all love him but i would almost i would prefer to see kyle trask and just see what he can do you know, for sure. get him some NFL action. So you can still plan for the immediate, which is a playoff game next week with Tom Brady. And just take a little look ahead at the future and see if Kyle Trask is showing you anything. Now, again, you're kind of going back into a similar situation where, all right, well, if Brady's playing like Evans, probably isn't playing Chris Godwin definitely isn't playing Julio Jones and Russell Gage probably not, but Hey, at least he gets a look at an NFL defense and, uh, just more of an opportunity to put something on tape that looks good. So that's kind of how I would approach it.
2: Yeah, and just to kind of build off your point uh like Trask like he's mentioned that he's built a lot of connections with the lower receivers on the depth chart. Obviously he worked a lot with Devin Tompkins and like yes. training camp in the preseason. That could be something. If they win, maybe they try to get more reps out of them. And I also find it interesting that Trask, when they practice, he's always the first one out there. He's always trying to get more throws in, which is an encouraging sign. But there's so much like there's so many variables in the quarterback picture, not just for the Bucs, but the NFC South in general to say whether he is the starting option next season.
1: Yeah, very much so. It could be a real... uh... Rotator, uh, a real carousel. That's what I was looking for. Musical
2: chairs, at quarterback. Yeah,
1: musical chairs, carousel. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of different things could be going on. Not just really around the league, but as you said, in the NFC South. Um, and a lot of that will be determined with Sunday's game. If the Bucks can clinch that division by beating uh, the Carolina Panthers, of course, we'll be previewing the whole thing on Sunday for the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show. Presented by Age Rejuvenation and live at the Walk-Ons in Midtown. Uh, That'll be starting at 11 o'clock. If you haven't been to Walk-Ons before, it is absolutely awesome. There's two locations, uh, Midtown, where the show will be on Sunday, and uh, Wesley Chapel, where we do a lot of our shows um, as well. Great food. It's Cajun style, but they have all different types of food that you'll enjoy. Awesome happy hour deals and... If you go on Tuesday, they have happy hour all day long. Get a 22-ounce beer for the price of uh, a regular-sized beer. Um, I know they got wings, fried pickles, ton of great options, uh, Cajun-style food, a bunch of TV so you can watch all sports, especially during bowl season when you have games at uh, a lot of different times. So check out walk-ons for the Pewter port tailgate show. This one will be at Midtown. And then right after, don't touch that dial, we will have the Pewter game day show show the celsius pewter report game day show that'll be myself and adam will be joining me too we're going to give our live reactions analysis and insight to everything going on in the bucks panthers game that will hopefully be a victory for the bucks as they uh, win the division for the second year in a row and head to the playoffs for the third year in a row i know we're all hoping for that let the uh, tom brady legacy continue for the bucks and you know, if you like this podcast, if you like our content on pewterreport.com, do us a favor and uh, follow us on our social media at pewterreport and subscribe to our YouTube channel, pewterreport TV. It's absolutely free. It just gives you a heads up, a notification when we have new content coming out, whether it's this podcast, uh, whether it's different videos from practice, whether it's some press conferences. We had a new video up today. Uh, really would appreciate if you guys could help us out. Uh, with that. But until then, we're going to have another show on Sunday. Again, hopefully it's a Bucks win. So, yeah. for Adam, i'm Matt saying thank you everybody for watching. We will see you on Sunday for another edition of The Peter Report podcast.
2: And a happy New Year to everybody as happy well. Happy New Year. Out. Happy New Year.